You're listening to Surfer vs. Planet, a wave changer podcast hosted by me, Tom Wilson. Each episode features inspiring talks from the creative space where surfing and sustainability meet. I'll be talking to surfers, designers, industry experts, and original thinkers, highlighting some of the fascinating work going on here in Australia and around the world with the aim of creating a greener, cleaner, and more responsible surfing industry. Wave Changer is a program of Surfers for Climate, and you can learn more about our work at wavechanger.org and surfersforclimate.org.au. The whole team at Wave Changer and Surfers for Climate acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Damien Cole. Um, I've known Damien for a few years, known as Damo. He's the co-founder of Varuna Surf and the National Campaign Director with Surfrider Australia. He studied environmental science at Deakin University here in Australia. And if you're unfamiliar with his work, Damo is a passionate and knowledgeable activist for ocean protection with years of experience in this realm. Great to have you on the show, mate. How's your week been? Are you keeping busy? Yeah, thanks so much, Tom. Great to be on the show. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a big week for Varuna so far. So um, yeah, a lot going on at the moment. Busier at Christmas, I imagine, for Christmas presents or people wanting to surf more over the summer. Yeah, it's been uh, a, a lot of sales for that, and also we're just kind of we're trying to get into shops up and down, up and down the uh, up and down the coastline as well. Uh, and we've just had a really big shipment come in over the last couple of months. Um, so we're, we're kind of working with shops and stuff to send them all out, making sure that they've got it all before Christmas. Uh, and then throw in the middle of that that I was involved in a pretty horrific car crash a few months back, um, which kind of put me, uh, put me out for a few months there. So I'm just kind of getting back into that over the last month or so. So, yeah, it's been a, been a lot going on. Yeah, I bumped into you. Uh... I think about a month ago and you told me about the car crash man that's um I'm sorry to hear about that and it's good to see you looking healthy and um yeah you how are you feeling right now feeling good right now actually uh really excited to to have this chat with you as well so uh, I think that's why I was I've kind of woken up this morning with a bit of pep in my step but I had a traumatic brain injury uh, I was knocked out for about 15 or 20 minutes um yeah got hit by a drunk driver so the whole thing was a pretty um horrid affair over the last few months but if anything it's kind of it's been a really good kind of I guess new chapter in my life where I've got to kind of take a step back and think about what's important in life uh and and look at everything from a personal standpoint as well as business and just being able to really kind of have a bit of a recap on what's gone on over the last few years and and kind of uh, I guess I've got a, a real new appreciation for life when you when you kind of have a, a close experience with death. It it uh it definitely has changed my mindset a little bit and um learning to get out there and surf more and, and enjoy what I what I'm here, you know, to 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 enjoy out in, out in the world, which is surfing and nature and friends and family and loved ones. So it's been uh in that sense it's been a really cool kind of shift in my mindset a bit. Awesome. Well, look, I'm glad you're you're safe and healthy. Um, I'd love to dive straight into your story with Varuna Surfboards. Um, if anyone who's listening isn't aware, can you give us a, a bit of a backstory of how it all started? Yeah, so Varuna started uh, around the same time, actually, as the kind of whole fight for the bite. There was 
from my end, we obviously mobilised a, a, a huge part of the coastal communities around Australia. Uh, and the only thing that kind of, the only backlash that we got were people calling us hypocrites because we were paddling out on oil-based surfboards, uh, which to me wasn't really, it wasn't part of the campaign. It wasn't really the point. It was more so we don't want to expand uh, the the oil and gas industry into the into the Great Australian Bite. But they also didn't, they, they had a point. Uh, the fact is the surfboard industry has been kind of really uh, lagging behind in the, the the kind of environmental space. Every every material that, you know, those kind of PU surfboards, polyurethane surfboards, uh, which you see as, you know, 90, 90% of the surfboards out there, every single material is oil-based. Uh, so when that happened, I was kind of thinking there has to be another way. We have to be able to come up with a, a new way of, of making surfboards. Uh, and then just actually after the fight for the bite, kind of happened i got put in touch with who is now my my kind of business partner and co-founder uh, and he he had just kind of started on this journey as well so we jumped in together and kind of started really formulating what went from a bit of a passion project into a fully fledged company and um yeah our, our real our whole our mission is to redefine the world of sustainable surfing and the way that we're doing that is to obviously have that sustainability and that planet first mindset front of mind, but also making sure that we have the performance there as well. Because as we all know, you know, surfers want to go out there and help the planet. But if you start messing with their surfing, um, that people aren't really going to want to jump on board. So we wanted to make sure that, um, oh, pardon the pun, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we had, we had to make sure that these boards were not only good for the planet, but went just as good, if not better, as your normal kind of foam surfboards. I'm hugely impressed by your surfboards. Um, they look amazing. And if you were pitching the idea to a surfer or even investors, how are your surfboards different to other timber surfboards, for example? Uh, yeah, so we're, we're obviously not the first to be making wooden surfboards. Now that I've, I've kind of dived into this, I've seen around the world there are all kinds of people making wooden surfboards uh, in different ways. What I think sets us apart, uh, there's a couple of different things. We've been able to figure out a way to make it commercially viable to actually produce these boards on on a you know to a bigger scale. And the boards are actually, as I said, the performance was a really big aspect of what we wanted to do. So we've really, really focused on that because I think a lot of people get the perception that oh, wooden surfboards, they look good, they're beautiful, but they're kind of like wall hangers or not really something you want to go out and surf. So we wanted to kind of break down that stigma and make sure that when people get on these boards, they're surfing like they normally do. So we, we really wanted to recreate the feeling that you get from your normal PU boards in a more sustainable way. And then probably the third thing that that uh, separates us from other wooden surfboard companies is the way that we uh, cultivate our balsa. So we're actually regenerating forests in Indonesia as we cultivate our balsa. So the way we do that is uh, we actually do it in two ways. So currently we've got a a, a little nursery with all these little um, all these little saplings of balsa. And what we're going what we're doing is going into the northeast of Indonesia where areas have been ravaged by deforestation and it's overgrown with grasslands so we go in there we plan our saplings strategically so that they're far enough apart so that as they grow they provide a canopy and, and shade which kills the grass 
And we then are able to work with the local communities who then come in under that shade and they plant all their native species underneath that that um, pioneer species, which is our balsa tree. From there, at around that four and a half to five year mark, which is how long it takes for balsa to mature, uh, we cut down the, the balsa tree and only the balsa tree. We replant with the native species and we leave that area there to kind of keep growing and that there we've regenerated forest and we move on to our next area. Um, while we're doing that, obviously, we haven't been able to wait for four and a half to five years to get our first lot of wood. So what we're also doing is is going into forests that are overgrown with balsa, balsa being actually an invasive species in Indonesia. They're not actually from Indonesia. They're from Central and South America. Uh, so we're actually going in there and selectively logging just the balsa trees. So we've kind of got what we call our uh, team of Indiana Jones crew going deep into the jungle and finding the balsa. And uh, we're essentially doing a bit of weeding in the forest at the same time. So we're, we're using two ways to get our wood like that. So I think overall, that's where we've really turned this into a company which is heavily focused on that environmental realm and that planet first mindset and every single decision that we make within the company is based on that. That's great. And just the the pure fact that balsa takes four to five years to fully mature is just the absolute definition of a renewable resource as something that can grow and also offer all those benefits that you said. It's just um yeah, it's really it's really cool. And congrats on getting such a, a big sort of multi-layered project up and running. And there's a lot of talk in the inner circles of surfing about your boards. Are you pleased with how things are going so far? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the feedback we're getting across the industry from whether it be shapers, whether it be t- uh, team riders, um, whether it's, you know, different different brands or different shops, everyone seems to have really taken a, a, taken a real liking to it. And it seems, particularly with shapers, uh, we took, you know, with obviously my dad being a shaper as well, I was under the impression that they would be probably some of the harder people to, to get over the line because obviously they've been doing something a certain way for so long and they would be quite guarded with their files and their designs. But they have been the ones that have actually really come forward and said, hey, we've been looking for something like this because we know how toxic the industry is. So we've actually found that what we are able to do is provide an environmental kind of aspect to any of these shapers and any of these designers, which is really exciting. So we've got a lot of shapers who are really keen and coming to us and and we're in the process of uh, expanding out that as well. And then on top of that, um, winning the SBIA Awards uh, Environment Award just a a few weeks back earlier in November was really a a humbling experience for us and and quite unexpected really for a, a small little company like us um to be put up against some of the some of the bigger companies it was uh yeah it was an honor honor to get that as well and as i said quite unexpected really first time around we were trying it and with the hardship that we've kind of gone through this year um with with the car crash and everything it was kind of a bit of a um kind of yeah an unexpected bonus for us this year which has also led to a lot of people looking over at us and kind of going okay what's going on over here wow i didn't realize this was going on and and then kind of getting a getting into the the story and seeing exactly what we're doing and as you said it's a really multi-layered multi-layered kind of uh story i guess and there's just so much to it that it's really exciting to be able to to put that out into the world and, and see the response from the surfing industry
the ocean dried up tomorrow, life would also dry up. That's where most of the action on Earth is. You should treat the ocean as if your life depends on it, because it does. If anyone's unaware, the SBIA awards are the, the Surf and Board Sports Industry Association. And here in Australia, it's a, a really kind of um, coveted award. Um, and, you know, some of the big players, uh, Rip Curl, Quicksilver, often taking out the awards, Patagonia as well. And, and to win that category ahead of all the other brands that are on the market is, is a really great achievement. And I, I noticed recently that Patcha Light now rides your boards. Um, in Australia here, she's a an ambassador for lots of different uh, environmental groups and a, a pro surfer as well. Even Lane Beachley was interested, I believe. Um, are there any more surfers keen to try a Varuna surfboard or do you have any other surfers on your radar? Yeah, Patcha's been an incredible ambassador for not only us, but I think for, for the oceans and our planet as well. Um, it's it's sometimes I, I, it blows me away that she's only, I think, 22 years old. Uh, she's already accomplished so much in her life. And she's <clears throat> really, she's, a, she's an authentic, authentically beautiful human being who is really wanting what's best for, for, the, for the planet and for those around her. So when... You know, we were chatting to her, and and I was kind of chatting to her about what our boards are about, and the, and the whole story, and and what our mission was. Um, she got really excited as well. So it was really, again, just it was an it's an honor to have her on the team, really, uh, and it's just such a pleasure working with her um, on on this whole project and and some of the stuff she's doing. So it's been great. We've got yeah, Lane is really interested. Uh, haven't quite got to catch up with her yet but i'm looking to send down a, a couple of boards to her to try out as well um yeah we're, we're slowly expanding out we've kind of we've got a few people that we're, we're just kind of lending boards out to and seeing what they think um, a lot of it we're actually doing around byron and we're kind of getting a lot of the local crew as well um we feel that that's quite an important aspect to, to surfing is looking into the local communities and seeing there's so many incredible surfers around the country it, that you may have never heard of. So we're kind of wanting to take that approach as well because that's what we're about is that whole community aspect. Um, but in terms of big names, like we've got some boards uh, on the Gold Coast at the moment that are waiting for uh, Jack Johnson, who's coming into town, which I'm hoping he'll get he'll get to to try him out. He's got, there's a couple of mates there of his that just said like, oh, like, oh I think he's going to be interested in this one. Uh, so that's really exciting, uh, not to say anything's going to come of it, but when you see, I guess, people of that calibre that that are interested in your boards, and, and Lane Beachley, obviously one of the most successful um, surfers in Australian history, or in history overall, um, is just, it, yeah, it's, it's a, again, just a, such an amazing thing, and it reaffirms the fact that what we're doing is something that is needed in the surfboard industry. Uh, and I think that it's something that is it's it's long overdue, and and you can see a lot of people like the likes of Ace Bucken as well surfed them, had a really good time on them. Um, yeah, so we're looking to spread out. I know there's there's some crew around here, the likes of um, Lauren Hill and Dave Rastovich are really interested in it. So it's just kind of getting those crew, but also not wanting to push it too hard onto crew where you know I I, I want people to want to surf these boards. So whenever people are ready. We've got the shop, you know, open three days a week at the moment in Byron. So whenever people want to swing by, they're more than welcome. 
oh wow, Jack Johnson. I, I, it's funny because you you think that's just a um, a match made in heaven, really, because he's he's sort of big in environmental issues and um, loves his surfing. And uh, Dave Rastovich, I, I would have thought as well, and maybe Torin Martin, Rob Machado. Um, I can imagine lots of surfers of that kind of caliber with those interests to be keen. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Torin's actually a, a good one that. I know he's he's aware of it. Uh, he's obviously been over in Indonesia for the last, you know, mo- I think majority of the year at this stage. Um, but we'd love to we'd love to work with Simon Jones from Morning of the Earth Surfboards. Uh, again, I think it would be a really perfect fit as well. So, but for the moment, as I said, like, you know, I'm, uh, we're we're not actually we're not really out there trying to hustle to many of these crew. We're just kind of like when the time's right. And when they're ready for it, then we're our doors always open and, and we're ready to go. Um, but also not wanting to to push too hard in that way. If you want to dive deeper and learn more about the surfing industry and its relationship with the natural environment, head over to our website at wavechanger.org. We're adding more and more content every week with a more in-depth focus on our core areas: product innovation, material science, and analyzing and influencing consumer behaviors all in the name of protecting planet Earth. We're committed to ensuring that the surfing industry is a world leader in delivering low-impact solutions. What's coming up on the horizon for Varuna? Do you have, if you can reveal this, any new surfboards or accessories or anything in development? Yeah, we've got our 2023 is looking like a big year already. Um, We've got, so we've just secured our partnership with the Noosa Surf Festival um so that's happening at the beginning of march where we're hoping to reveal a pretty decent sized shaper um but we're still in the works for that so i won't mention that uh as long along with another couple of shapers that we've um haven't quite got the 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 fully fledged kind of tick of approval but it it'll be some announcements i think in early 2023 and then i think uh for the rest of the year it'll be just about kind of expanding in australia and that'll be a lot a lot with um with a lot of demo days i think what we're looking to do is kind of working with a lot of the shops who are stocking our boards to do day demo days so that people can come down and just try these boards out for themselves so that's a really exciting one and then we're also going to be expanding out into europe and the us as well uh in 2023 so there's a lot happening, and uh, especially when you know balancing that with a lot of the work that I do with Surfrider Foundation, um, there's a lot going on the cards. But it's all really exciting stuff, and it's it's um, I mean it's something that I'm passionate about, and obviously I've lived and breathed surfing my entire life. So to be able to have two dream jobs at the same time, uh, where I get to make and sell surfboards and surf surf these boards, and then also get to protect the ocean and the planet at the same time, it's kind of yeah a bit of a match made in heaven for me yeah very cool and you you talked about potentially you know your your dream job but if you weren't making surfboards and working with Surfrider, is there something else that perhaps when you were a kid that you would have loved to have done you know musician uh sports star or anything if you could pick anything you could be it's something i haven't thought about in a while actually um but probably what comes to mind is actually an actor I, my my grandma was um my grandma was quite a you know, in the in the whole film industry and and the, the theater industry in Melbourne so I think I grew up with quite a quite a uh, powerful woman who really did like 
love that kind of art sector. And so for me, I was always drawn to the acting side of things. Uh, but I think, you know, as we do with humans, I probably created a narrative inside my own head that kind of told me I wasn't able to do it, that it'd be too hard. And that kind of fell off the wagon. But I, I still do think about it. I'm like, oh, it'd be great if someday maybe I could. Who knows? Uh, but I think I'm 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 happy now doing something that I know is is really kind of productive and also helping out our not only our communities but our planets. So to me now, I think that's what I'm on this planet to do, which is to 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 give and to to help and and really to to leave the world better than when I I first got here I guess so it's kind of one of those things that I just love getting up every morning knowing that I'm doing something good for the planet I'd, I'd say that uh, maybe a lot of people would say their dream job is what you're doing at the moment and um, with regards to acting if you can be the first person to win an SBIA award and an Oscar I think that's going to be quite impressive <laughs> <laughs> there's a long way to go till I get that mate but uh thank you for the vote of confidence <laughs> yeah just um just go go easy on Chris Rock if he's presenting <laughs> oh, I will mate I will <laughs> and more of a bigger general question here what are your thoughts on the current plastic crisis and waste crisis that's gripping the world and do you think it's possible to reverse the damage uh it's it's heartbreaking uh, it's frustrating to to see the fact that we've known about this for a long time and we're still having to deal with them I and you look in Australia right now the fact that the whole soft plastics uh, just went down the drain just then, like that the red cycle got shut down. Um, we're now having to throw soft plastics back in the garbage and it's 2022. It's I'm going to point the, the, the finger directly at our governments. I think that that's just appalling and this is something that should never have become an issue. So, yeah, it's, it's frustrating and it is. It's heartbreaking. Uh, but I do see this as... I, I I I am very confident that we can turn this around, and you do see the amount of companies now that are stepping in and um and and starting to make their products with recycled plastics from the ocean. When you see those huge cleanup vessels going around uh, the Pacific and and the Atlantic, so when you see the amount of work that is getting done, I I am optimistic that we can we can turn this one around, uh, particularly the plastics. Anyway, you know, I, but I think. The the big issue as well is the fact that we see this, it's the same as climate change. We see this as such a huge issue that it gets overwhelming for an individual and people shut down and you kind of have that freeze where people don't are too scared to do anything or they just get overwhelmed and, and uh, just don't have it in them to do it. But then you see those small acts of, of or efforts, I guess, of cleanups and you see you know, I'm sure we've all seen the, the 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 photos of people in India where there's before and after shots of river systems that have choked with plastic, and then a, a handful of people have gone and cleaned up the entire area. And I think that for me is is really inspiring to to see for all these communities where it's like you don't need to you don't need to solve the plastic issue around the world or around the country. You just need to help your little your community out, and I think that that's a really important one to always pull back. And that's where I started was in community groups, looking at local issues. So I think that those small community efforts that's where I got my start from. Um, and I think that that to me is a really great way to engage with your community, and it's a great way for people to feel like they're actually making a change. And it's kind of the only way for for a lot of people is to just focus on your community, what you can do as not only an individual, but 
as a group who has come together in your community to make your community a better place, uh, whether it be plastics, whether it be climate change, you know, whether it be building resilience, whether, it, you know, so it, it's really that important aspect, I think, that we not get overwhelmed by the, the sheer size of this issue and all get to work so that we've got 7 billion people or 8 billion people now, I should say, sorry. We've got 8 billion people all doing their part. If 8 billion people pick up one piece of rubbish every single day, that's 8 billion pieces of rubbish that we are now taking out of, of, of our natural ecosystems. The plan for our planet is remarkably simple. Reduce our impact by making sure that everything we do, we can do forever. I echo what you're saying about, you know, starting small. And I think the the beauty of, uh, it, you know, it gets a lot of uh, criticism, but social media now is such a useful tool for inspiration. And if people are doing these small acts of um, of kindness and cleaning up and we're seeing this, there's almost like a, a peer pressure through social media, just from videos and sharing information that we have in our hands. Um, so, yeah, start small because it can be overwhelming, right? Yeah, and I think that's where we're all on our own journeys and we're all at different parts of that journey. So if, if someone needs, like, that's why I love Take Three for the Sea. Such a simple message. It's quantifiable that people feel good. All you need to do is just pick up three bits of rubbish every time you go to the beach. And once you've got that instilled into your habits and, and into your values, that's when you then start to expand and go, all right, what else can I do? And you start looking into other aspects of how you can join other groups or you can start up your own company that is more sustainable like we've done with Varuna or you can join a company like that. Or, you know, I think it's just, it's it's about having those building blocks and making sure that we lay that strong foundation for people so that they can come on the journey and also take a lot of uh, like stewardship and, and ownership of the fact that, you're not doing it for other people. That's not your piece of rubbish or my piece of rubbish. It's a piece of rubbish that is harming our environment and our planet that we need to live on. So we need to have that collective action, I think, together. But the only way to do that is to for people to feel that sense of, uh, I guess, ownership isn't really the, the the word that I want, but it's that stewardship. You know, it's uh, when you do look back at you look back at First Nations people all around the world, and they're the people that. They were caretakers for their environment. They were never owned it. It wasn't theirs. They were part of it. And I think that's what we've lost in our society is we have a tendency to separate ourselves from our natural environment when really we are a part of this. If if we cut down all the trees around the world and we clog all the oceans up with plastic, we cannot sustain life on this planet. And that's why it's up to us to also become part of that solution. Yeah, I love that. Caretakers for the environment. The final part of the show we call Hang Five, which is five quick fire questions. And if you could just give a quick uh, one or two word answer or one sentence answer, what first got you interested in your environmental journey? Surfing and saving our oceans for future generations. Perfect. Who inspires you the most from the environmental movement? Volunteer groups, I'd say. What's the coolest response to the environmental crisis that you've seen? Oof, 
too many to answer here. Can I have a couple? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Uh, I'd probably say Sea Forest and the work they're doing in Tassie at the moment. Um, probably Damon Gamow's movies, 2040 and, and Regenerate Australia, I think has been a really great communication tool. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say those two have been incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love his movies. They're um, they're accessible for everyone. What's your favourite marine animal and why? I'd have to say the manta ray um, after getting to swim with them at the bluff last year. Awesome. And finally, in our bid to save the planet, can you give one short sentence to inspire others to keep going? What you do today will have ripple effects across history. And I think that that goes for the environmental movement. We're not doing it for today's, we're not doing it for us here today. We're doing it for a much bigger purpose, which is to ensure longevity for future generations. Totally. Love that. The idea of some some form of self-sacrifice is is really important. Um, Damo, thanks so much for your time. Keep up the inspiring work with Varuna Surf, but also thank you for your activism and passionate efforts to protect the ocean. It certainly doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, thanks so much, Tom, and really appreciate your support on our journey with Varuna. And, and it's always a pleasure chatting with you. And um, yeah, being part of this huge kind of environmental surfing community is is a privilege and an honor to, to be a part of with so many amazing humans. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you'd like to support our work at WaveChanger, head over to our website at wavechanger.org and we hope you'll consider buying a membership for our WaveChanger Club, which features giveaways, entries into our monthly draw with amazing prizes and access to a bunch of great discounts from our partner brands. Your support allows us to expand our impact and make an even bigger difference to safeguarding our planet. See you next time.